Hey men, welcome to Quality Manhood, a podcast meant for Christian men seeking to understand how to apply God's truth in everyday life. This episode, we're going to be looking at the concept of being men who live above reproach. Uh, just thinking about manhood in general, in our culture, in our society today, uh, it's it's under attack. Uh, the BBC recently, because apparently they're the expert in these things now, just released a video for school-aged children, so elementary school-aged children, where they, in this video, uh, propose that there are over 100 different gender identities. That's insane. That's crazy. I mean, even, even the, the doctors in, in England are, are standing up saying, wait a minute, this is... This is inaccurate. There's only six different gender identities, right? Only six. And, and if, if that's normal even, that there's six different gender identities, what kind of world are we living in now? One of the, the clips in this video, uh, one of the, the little students, the elementary school students, asks a teacher, what are the different gender identities? And the teacher says, well, that's a really exciting question. It is, because I, I would want to know too. It, it is, but it's not. It's an easy question. There's two. Yeah, it's there's like, two. It, here's an exciting thing. Ha, there's two sides to a coin, a head and tails. How exciting is that? Right, there's exactly. two things. Yeah, but there's that's two. what it is, right? I mean, we, we look at it that way, and we're like, okay, yeah, you've got a coin. For somebody to walk in here and put a quarter on the table and go, yeah. there's 100 different sides to that quarter, we'd look at them like they were from a different planet. Yeah. Wrong. And, Please show me is what I would say. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And yet, this is what's being peddled out there, right? Manhood, it, it's not, well, you, to say, stand up and say, I identify, and, and I'm a, a man, full-fledged. That's who I am. That's going to be looked at, and you're going to be thought of as narrow-minded. You're going to be thought of as uh, patriarchal. All these different accusations are going to be thrown at us now. In fact, even in California, the curriculum stuff that's going on is crazy. They don't even want us to say history anymore because it starts with H-I-S. It's a bad word. So, Yeah, the the curriculum out here is redefining it now, and they're going to spell history H-X-R- S-T-O-R-Y. Please pronounce that for me. I can't. Please. I can't. I couldn't even if I wanted to. I, that's, that's not a word. <laughs> that's not a word at all. H-X-R-S-T-O-R-Y, because it avoids saying his, because heaven forbid we reference anything male in, in any sort of way with regards to our education system. It, it, it's crazy. Yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's wild. I mean, in the, the scary part is that, I mean, we're kind of like saying this kind of flippantly. It's a little bit of a jokey kind of start here, but this is serious. I mean, we're living it now where, you know, manhood in, in general, I mean, there's a negative connotation to it. It's moving that way where there's a, there's a negativity to being, you know, exempt, you know, exemplifying yourself as a man, uh, you know, and, and that's what's scary. And especially from a, you know, from a Christian perspective, you know, we are basing what we do as men on what God has instructed in, in the Bible, in the scriptures where there is a truth and that's historical document. I can say historical on this one, right? Yeah. Um, and, and that's, what's so crazy about this. And it, it's definitely a scary thing and something that is worth talking about, looking at and being aware of and in communication with other guys and like supporting and just I mean yeah it's it's a big deal. We would we would think that people would just ask show me. It seems like 100 different genders, show me that. So many people will just jump on the bandwagon or whatever it is just to get away from the biblical truth because they don't want to be held accountable to that. But yeah, this one it just makes me scratch my head because yeah, outside of two, like just getting a three blows my mind. Like if anybody could even think of that, let alone six, a hundred, whatever people are saying, it's just it, it almost makes you just wonder 
like how could people ever get there? But uh, you know, the Bible is clear on that. The world is 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 becoming evil and it's getting more and more away from the Bible because people want to live for themselves. But at the end of the day, we're all going to be held accountable to the biblical truth. So God provided that to us. It's a gift to us. It's a resource. Uh, so I'm just I'm thankful that we have it. Um, and yeah, it just it, we have to stick together and we have to continue to remain in fellowship and be bold and in this world that's going to continue to throw, this isn't the craziest thing that they're going to throw at us. It's going to be something crazier next time. So, Yeah, I, th- I think part of the problem with uh, with the, the attack on manhood is that uh, it, manhood has been distorted from what God wants it to be, what God wants a, a quality man to look like. And we see that. We, we have that recorded for us in the pages of Scripture. First Timothy chapter 3 describes uh, God's quality man. Starting in verse one, it says, the saying is trustworthy. In other words, listen up, pay attention. This is, this is valid. This is something that you can put the, take to the bank with you. He says, if anyone desires to the office of an overseer or a pastor or an elder. So we've always looked at this passage and said, well, this is for pastors and elders. This is the qualifications of an elder. Uh, but really outside of that one qualification, the ability to, to preach or teach, I think as men, we need to, regardless of where you fall in, whether you're in full-time ministry or you're uh, in the corporate world and, and, and just uh, a, a voluntary lay leader at the church, or, or you're showing up to church and, and you're setting up chairs in the morning, as men, we need to strive after each and every one of these, these attributes. He says, if anyone desires this office, this office of pastor or elder, he desires a noble task. Therefore, an overseer must be, and I would say as men, we must be, we must be striving to be, and he says, above reproach. The husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach. Again, that's the one that I would pull out and say, okay, yes, this is reserved and, 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 and set aside for pastors and elders. Not a drunkard, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own household well with all dignity, keeping his children submissive. For if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he care for God's church? He must not be a recent convert, or he may become puffed up with conceit and fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must be well thought of by outsiders so that he may not fall into disgrace, into the snare of the devil. And so as we read those, we we think, uh, again, our default might be, well, I don't need to worry about that. That's for pastors and elders. But men, we need to pay attention to this list because these are things we need to be striving for. And in this one, and also the list in in Titus chapter one, which also describes some of these attributes as well, the first one out of the gate is the one we're talking about together today, and that is being above reproach. And it's kind of the umbrella attribute that that covers a lot of what follows. To to be above reproach is to be all of those other things that, that Paul talks about there. But as we think about being above reproach in, in a, a real clear picture of what that looks like, uh, guys, I want us to, to talk about the example that we find in Daniel chapter 6. Uh, Daniel chapter 6, if you guys remember that story, or, or maybe it's been a while since you've been in Daniel, but Daniel uh, is now uh, serving under the reign of, of Cyrus. Um, Cyrus and, and the Medo-Persians came in and, and attacked Babylon and did away with uh, Belshazzar, and, and, and now Cyrus is in control there. And Daniel... Uh, gets uh, nominated and, and appointed by Cyrus to be one of three presidents over 120 uh, governing officials in the land of, of what was formerly Babylon at the time. And it, it doesn't sit well with these native Medo-Persians, those that had been along for the ride this whole time. They're looking at this foreigner who's now uh, one of three people in control there, and they respond by saying, you know what, we need to, we need to find dirt on this guy. And so they, they set out to dig up dirt. And what happens uh, when they go after Daniel? There's no dirt. There's nothing there. There's no dirt. There's nothing there. Imagine that. 120 of your worst enemies 
turning your life inside out and upside down, looking for something to expose on you, something embarrassing, something humiliating, something wrong, something illegal, something that hopefully nothing illegal with, with uh, <laughs> us sitting around the table here, but hey, something, uh, some skeleton in your closet they, they could drag out that they could throw up there in front of everybody else and say, look, why is this guy in this position? We need to get him out. And they find nothing. Mm. Think about that until today's political scene. That's, oh, yeah. That's insane. Well, and where everything is documented on social media and, you know, photos from 10, 15, 20 years ago circulate and uh, everybody kind of feels like they can just post whatever they want. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, no matter what you're doing and, and whether you don't realize you're doing something, you're taking a stand in some way or someone could perceive you're taking a stand against something or you're doing something that is offensive to somebody that you're just, you know, you're not even meaning to be offensive. I mean, it's, it's, it can be easily taken the wrong way. So to have no dirt on you. Man, oh man. Way to go, Daniel. Yeah. And and so instead, and Daniel didn't have a Twitter. So, right. right? No Twitter. <laughs> but even no, then, Daniel, I still think no. he would have come out clean if, I think if so, they had for looked sure. at his, yeah. like, his Twitter. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm, now I'm just starting to think of Daniel's Twitter handles and what they could have possibly <laughs> That'd be pretty good. Um, I'd read, I, I would check them out. Yeah. Uh, defeated the Lions or whatever. I, who knows? Why? Right. But selfie with the Lions. There would be, there'd be a selfie. That, with the that would be amazing. That would be amazing. But instead, and, and Kellen, so they don't find any dirt on this guy. So what, what's the conclusion that they really reach on Daniel? Let's go to the one thing that he won't compromise about, his God, his relationship to God. Let's go there, and we can, we can figure out something there. And, and that's exactly what they do. And that's, guys, that's what it looks like to live above reproach, that if the world was going to come after you, the only thing that they would have to accuse you of is being... Uh, uncompromising in your relationship with the Lord, in your relationship with Christ. But that's one thing to say, and that, that's still kind of 30,000-foot view to go, okay, great, well, that's, that's awesome. I'm glad that you gave me that little nugget, but how do I actually take that to work and make that live itself out in my job? And so uh, you guys have, have both, uh, Brandon, you're working at the church now, but you've come out of the secular workforce. Kellen, you're still in the secular workforce right now. What are some ways that you guys have been faced with situations where you've had to put this idea this this quality into action in interacting with employers or employees or coworkers. How has that worked itself out for the two of you? I think for me specifically, uh, when I think about interviews, uh, it's so easy to to be in an interview setting and be able to you know stretch the truth, if you will, to lie. People don't know you. They only know you know the forty five minutes that they get with you and what's on paper. I know uh, specifically for me, I, it, it happened. There was a job that I wanted really bad, um, and it was a, a promotional opportunity, and it was a, a job to be able to continue to advance my career, um, and that's what was on the forefront of my mind. And, you know, there, there was this interview questions that were thrown at me about my experience and what I had done and what they were expecting. And uh, it came to a point where they asked me just about, you know, the, the amount of experience that I had, and I didn't have exactly what was needed for the job requirement. I was a few years off, but I didn't have exactly what was needed. Uh, they asked me about just my my the the bandwidth that I had and the responsibility that I had and and what things that I've done in the past. And yeah, I dabbled in some of those areas in the past, but I hadn't overseen those areas. And it was just so tempting, and I, I, it was probably so easy for me to be able to say, "Hey, yeah, I've done this, and and I have taken on those tasks when I really haven't." Um, but I, I just couldn't do it. I, I prayed about it, and I, I went into it, and you know what? I just gave him the truth, and I knew that God was going to either provide if that was a job he wanted me to have, and if not, then 
I wasn't going to get it. And guess what? I didn't get the job. Uh, but I felt so fulfilled and, and rewarded that I was able to walk away saying, hey, I, I was honest. I was truthful because I probably could have lied and I probably could have got the job. But how would that have looked? How would that have made me feel? How would that have represented God if I'm a Christian man and I'm not even being truthful to somebody to get a job? And so when I look at that opportunity, I'm blessed and, and thankful that I didn't get that job because what it's done for me now and how it's opened up my uh, just opportunity to be be in the word more, to be flexible, to be able to to go to school uh, with my current job has been phenomenal. So I thank God, although during the time it was tempting, and I know many people because I interviewed thousands of people that they do lie, they and, and they can because I I don't know them right, and they have the ability to do so. But when you think about being above reproach, it's like being blameless, being not being able to have somebody come back and say, hey, you told us this on your resume. When we did research, it was something different. Uh, we want to be those men that you can never find it. Like you mentioned with Daniel, you can look at my resume. You can talk to people that I've worked with. Everything that I told you is what exactly what you're going to hear from my past. And so that was an example for me uh, that the, the temptation was there. But right. by not doing right. it, God provided so much more. Yeah, and that's that's great. And I, I love that you didn't get the job. I mean, I... <laughs> I don't love thank, that you didn't you. get the job, but but I love it for for what we're talking about here, right? Because sure. Daniel gets thrown into a lion's den. Yeah, it's the, and yes, he gets spared, but he didn't know that going in, right? The the people that got thrown into the lion's den, in fact, the guys that accused him, they end up thrown in after Daniel gets right. spared, and, and they're killed before they even hit the ground. So, being above reproach does not equal a life of ease, a life of of no problems at all. And so, hearing you say, "Yeah, I chose to be above reproach, and and I I didn't get the job." But yet God was faithful. And that's what's key here. And, and that's what we're after. Uh, Brandon, how about you? How have you seen this play itself out in your life? Yeah, well, first off, does that mean I need to take being able to dunk off my resume? Yeah, you should take oh, that boy. far away. It's, yeah. Brandon, it's hard to see your, your height on the podcast. Yeah. Do you want to fill users, listeners in on uh... I can't dunk. We'll just put it that okay. way. Yeah. So I can't dunk. I need to take that. <laughs> so the, a basketball goal is 10 feet. So yeah. it's probably how many feet taller than you are? Quite quite a bit. Yeah, four, four and a half feet probably. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, if, yeah. if you're playing with your kids, then yeah. you could keep that on there. So well, nobody's... I, I dunk on them on a six-foot rim. It makes you feel so, good, I bet, right? Uh, with a stepladder? They or, don't. Uh, no, I can, I can do that. I got, okay. I got, you I, got the apps. This for the, white boy for the can six... jump, yeah. Um, <laughs> All right. Well, they know not to test me in the paint, though, on a six-foot rim. Okay? Yeah, I'm don't, just, I'm just don't, saying it. Don't My nine-year-old daughter... She can't. She can't handle this yet. So yeah. Uh, all kidding aside, though, I mean, it's not. It's not easy. I mean, everything you just said. That's not easy. If you can look back on it now and you can praise God for the way that situation played itself out. But in the moment, that's not easy. I mean, you got you got a big decision to make. And I know for me personally, um, I don't have a similar situation to that where it was a job or those kind of things. But I just remember being in the workplace, and you know, I've worked at places where you know, digital advertising, marketing, social media. It's like we're hip, we're cool, like whatever is the the church. Yeah. We're super hip and cool. We're hip and cool. We too. we Very. are cool in a good way. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, there's so many companies now. It's 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 all about what are we doing that looks as cool as possible. It's going to get the most buzz on social media. We're going to say this. We're going to do this. We're going to align ourselves with this. It's going to get us the most likes, most retweets, most whatever. It's going to make us look cool, and it's going to help us compete against all these other companies that are doing the same thing. And so I just I you know being in those settings, I'm sure many of the guys listening to this podcast are in that setting right now, where you're in a place where constantly you're being berated with things. They're like, we need to support this cause and we need to make sure we do this and we need to be affiliated with this because that's what's hot right now. And that's that's the thing that everybody's going to latch onto. And in the end, really all the companies care about is what does our image look like? Are we making money? Are people wanting to come be a part of us? And so, you know, for me, it was always, and it wasn't easy, it was just using any opportunity I had in the workplace 
to let my actions speak, right? And, and you know, maybe there wasn't too many situations where I had to speak up on behalf of a certain thing, but it was, okay, I'm going to show these people that, one, I love my wife and kids, I support them, I go to church. I'm not going to show up to things that are, you know, taking place during time when I would be at a church function or those kind of things. I mean, it's true, even school. Like, we miss back-to-school events and, and conferences, and we miss uh, school plays and different things if we have church things going on or we have something that's, we're doing something in, in the fellowship of believers. So it's hard, but, it, you know, you've got to just take those opportunities even if it's small, you know, just to kind of show that, you know, I'm, I'm willing to, to show what I believe in by taking these actions. And, and again, it's not easy. I mean, you, you got to pray through it. You got to work through it. And there's going to be opposition for sure. Right. Right. It's not easy. And uh, even teaching our kids this concept, right? Because sometimes they want to go be involved in something. They want to go do something that their friends do. And, and we have to teach them, you know, we're, we're not going to do that. Uh, maybe it's not honoring to the Lord, or maybe it competes with something that, uh, that we've got obligations to, or, or, you know, it's Thursday night, we've got our kids at the church for Awana, whatever it may be. I mean, we want to be bringing our kids up that way too. Even in the entertainment world, right? You you sit down on the couch to watch a show with your wife after the kids are asleep or whatever, and and you turn on Netflix and it's like TVMA, 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 TVMA. And you have to make decisions based on uh, your convictions about what you're going to be entertained by. What are you going to take in? What are those decisions that you're going to make there? How are you going to use your free time with your family? Um, being above reproach isn't just avoiding things. It's also pursuing the right things. It's also filling your plate and filling your time with the things that are good, that are honoring to the Lord. Uh, And these are difficult uh, things for us to do. But uh, guys, uh, this seems, you know, Kelly, you use the word blameless, which is a perfect word. It's it's a synonym, really, for the, the word that's used there in 1 Timothy chapter 3 and in Titus chapter 1. It's uh, to be blameless. And we think to ourselves, man, is that even realistic? And the reality is we're all going to fall short, right? We're all going to fail from time to time in this. And so what do we do as men? Is that it? Are we done? Is it like, well, sorry, dude, you're, you're no longer above reproach. You're below reproach, so go hang out with the rest of the sub-reproach people out there. Or is what should we do when we don't measure up the way that we should uh, in a given instance? Repent. Repent is what comes to mind. first thing is when we understand that We've, we've done something that, that's sinful. We've done something that, that doesn't keep us above reproach. It's, it, it, it's going to happen, right? We're, we're in, in our fleshly bodies, and we have temptations, and, and there might be situations where um, it just it doesn't work out. But repenting is the key thing there, not just, just glossing over it and acting like nothing happened, but being able to repent. And if, you're, if I'm thinking about a specific situation, if I'm in the workplace and I've, I've been witnessing to people in my workplace about uh, the Bible and about God and about this being trusting in Jesus Christ and something happens, then I need to be able to go to them and help them understand, like, look, I, I, I'm repenting of this. This is not honoring to God. This is why I'm doing this. And I think that further helps your witness in those situations because most people will just gloss over it and say, ah, oh, whatever, I messed up. I'm just going to move past it and, and not even address it. But just being able to understand that, yeah, we're not perfect, but at the same time, when things don't go right, then we need to be able to repent. We need to be able to go and, and, and explain to those people that may not know Christ the way we know Christ that, you know, this was not honoring to God. Yeah. Well, guys, again, uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us for episode two of Quality Manhood. Uh, We're stoked to continue to help you as you seek to apply God's word to your life on a daily basis. We're praying for you this week as you strive to live as a quality man for the Lord.